This week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devil. Join the show this week, as ever. We have Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hi, Rob. You okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, all right. Yeah, busy, busy, busy as usual, doing bits and bats and this and that. But uh, yeah, all right. Good, good game at the weekend. Good result, and uh, excited about the cup. I fancied us in a home draw but it looks like the games are all being played on neutral grounds and we had to draw Castleford again didn't we one of our cup foes but um, but yeah it's, um, things are looking positive aren't they I'm looking forward to the game this weekend against Catalan so uh, all good yeah also join, joining us we've got Paul Parkin um, how's your week been mate? Uh, yeah not bad not as busy as Paul by the sound of it I'll be honest um, fairly easy I'm not going to I'm not going to complain um, sunshine's starting to break out again now so uh yeah, happy days. Hopefully, summer's on its way. Yeah, been glorious last few days. Uh, Park, have you took advantage of the the unlocking with the the pubs being outside now? Not yet. No, no. I'm still. Uh, I'm, I'm just. I'm keeping my powder dry. Um, it, it, we're thinking about maybe nipping for one tomorrow, but I'll see. Uh, if not, we're definitely out on Saturday. There's four of us, four lads. We booked the table of months back when they first announced the date. So uh, we're going into Manchester for a. For a few in the afternoon on Saturday before we uh, before we watch the Red Saturday night. Yeah, sounds like a great, great, great day out. That uh, Paul, have you got plans for the uh, the great unlocking? I'm working on Saturday, so uh, no, not not really, mate. Well, when we got our our bit of work that we were doing today done, was going to have a beer, but um, all the pubs where we were were all shut, so uh, there was no beer guys <laughs> open, so we called it a draw. So uh, yeah, we might, might get one soon, mate. Might get one soon, but the, like, I was working on um, there's a night around Oldham when they when they first did the the uh, this this beer you know beer guys is open and all that. And every single pub I went past, none of them were open. <laughs> I thought, well, where's all where's all these pubs that are open? There's one or two near my house that are open. They've been absolutely rammed, and people are enjoying it in the sunshine and what have you. And uh, just a bit jealous driving past in my little blue van. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I've drove past a few pubs, kind of you know what old old school ones that you know you think there's no there's no beer garden behind there. It's just a, just terrace houses, and what they've done is just taken all the furniture in the pub and just put it outside, just so they can get the, the punters in parking, which is great because obviously these these pub need punters, don't they, to uh, to make ends meet? Oh, absolutely! It's been it's been devastating for everyone, isn't it? especially that you know that kind of industry. Um, and like you say, the smaller pubs, the more like you say, the old school ones are struggling. Even now, with like you say, the, the, no beer garden. Obviously, I I, I drink on the height, and uh, there's only one out of the three pubs open there, and that's that's only got about eight tables, I think. So it's yeah, it's been it's been tough, but you've got to you just got to adapt, haven't they? So hopefully, more and more in the next next week or so, we'll start opening up, and then next month, who knows? We might be uh, almost back to normal. Which one's open? Uh, it's the wagon, wagon and horses. Oh, the wagon, yeah. That's good, good, good boozer. That one, good boozer. Like I say, if you can go out and support your uh, your local um, alcoholic uh, alcoholic premises um, and support them because they're great community places, uh, Paul. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I never thought I'd uh, be saying that on the podcast. Go and have a beer, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, all, it's nice to see. Um, Places opening up a bit, isn't it? I've been past a few, few shops today, lo- local shops, um, music shop in Oldham that I've seen quite a few times being closed. The guy who owns that, I think there's a, a bit of a toy shop there as well that's opened up as well. So you know, just little sort of family-run businesses, and sometimes you wonder how, how they go on. I mean, a lot of like big stores and that are all right, aren't they? But these ones that are run by families and you know, you know, little independent stores, you wonder how they've made ends meet. So I'm, I'm glad for them. Hopefully they can get some trade and, uh, and keep going because uh, it'd be sad to see places, you know, disappear. Yeah, drink responsibly and support lo- your local local uh, com- uh, economy. I was saying that I went to PC World in, um, when was it, White City today. So that's probably going against everything we just said, really, there, Parky. But I, w- I went to, <laughs> to, to see about getting a new laptop, hopefully. Because obviously they've had this for like seven years and it's uh, starting to feel a burn now. It serves me really well. But I'm just hoping that I can get a new one for the new, you know, when we can get back into the stadiums and it'll all be good. Yeah, I think I think yours runs off steam, doesn't it? <laughs> it runs does. Throw coal on it. 
Yeah, it is a, it is a bit like that to be to be fair. But it's done me, you know, for for what I, when I got it seven years ago, and it's it is it's, it does work, but it takes like forty five minutes to load up now, Paul. So you know, I can't, I can't we can't be doing that, can we? Can't be waiting around now these days when everything's such a quick thing. No, that's right. You got to move with, with technology, I suppose, haven't you? Everything has its has its purpose, doesn't it? And things are built to to last for. I mean, I know with my job with boilers and stuff like that, they don't last forever, do they? So. Uh, you know, after a bit, they need a bit of a clean out and a bit of bit, a bit of servicing and that, and things go past their uh, the, the shelf life, don't they? As you like, and I have seen your laptop, mate. It's, uh, it's had plenty of hammer on it, so uh, yes. it might be time to, to to replace it. Now it's been around the clock a few times, I think. You it? could, yeah, you're not you're not wrong there, Paul. <laughs> uh, so there's lots loads of those to talk about on uh, this this week's show. We're going to look at the uh, look back at the witness uh, victory in the Challenge Cup. Got all the news coming out of the club this week, and then we're going to preview the the Catalan Dragons game on Saturday. So what we'll do, we'll start with the witness game and uh, win, which takes us through to the next round of the Challenge Cup. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, so forward victorious against Widnes. They won 68 points to four. Paul, talk us through it. Talk you through it. It took me all night to talk you through all them tries. Um, it was funny because I was impressed with Widnes early doors. I must admit, I thought they came and, and threw the ball about a bit. They looked quite energetic and, uh, you know, they made a few breaks early doors, but, but bombed a few chances and, you know, as soon as we got in front, I think we, we, we stepped on the gas a bit, really. I thought Jack Armand was very, very strong going forward and, he, uh, and, the, and, the, and our pack sort of dominated Woodness really, and they, they didn't know what had hit them there. I thought Morgan Escudé was excellent. He, he's sort of hot stepping in his pace, and um, he gave them a lot to worry about. His support play was terrific as well. Every time somebody made a break, he was there on, on the tails. So, yeah, we, we got a couple of tries there and got in front. And, um, you know, I think they deserved that try. They got just on half time, Woodness. They got a good try just on half time, but at 24 4 at half time. We was we was comfortable there, and um, you know it was a, it was a good start. We played some good rugby as well, scored some good tries. Yeah, I think like you said, Morgan Escalay, Matty Costello, two tries apiece. Parker coming in, good impressions shown, and Richard Marshall will uh, be thinking that moving forward to the next fixture. Bringing these players in, giving them a chance, you know, it's a chance to shine. And I was, you know, I was really keen to see uh, Matty play uh, in the centre. I'd, I'd seen him at Saints, and I've always sort of liked liked his style. Um, so it's great to see him getting on the score sheet and, and Morgan play, playing a fullback at fullback. I mean, it was a bit of a novelty, but uh, he looked dangerous every time he chimed in. Uh, exactly what we're looking for at the moment. Um, but yeah, two, two very, very promising sort of debuts for us. And, uh, you know, they, they both, I, I think, have done themselves, you know, the world of good uh, at getting a start this weekend. Yeah, because that's what it's all about. It's all about making an impression. Obviously, these players coming in, Paul, that they, they want to show Richard Marshall that they're up to the task. And you know, yeah, it was witness, but the intensity was there for me. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, to score sixty-eight points against any team, I think it's a bit of an achievement. I mean, that's a lot of points to score in a match. That and we only scored twenty-four in the first half. And what you tend to find sometimes with games like that, you tail off a bit in the second half, put your cue on the rack, don't you? But to keep that intensity up for eighty minutes, I thought was was really good. I mean, we scored quite a few tries in the last ten or fifteen minutes. There, we really did, you know, put the foot down on on, on witness and scored some good tries. And you know, Matty Costello was very impressed with him. He scored two good tries in the first half. He set up a cracking try down the left edge in the second half with a lovely pass there. I can't remember who he scored. I think it was. See how he scored. Someone scored in the corner. I can't quite remember now, but uh, you know, it was, it was some good stuff. Some really good play, and very impressed with with Morgan Esker, As I said before, you know, Darcy Lussick came and looked pretty solid on his debut. Jack Armand, right, as I mentioned, one of his best games for Salford. I thought he's, he's really coming into his own now. Really, really confident player, and you know, ran really well. So there was there's players that came in there that, that did well, and Matt is definitely one of them. He's probably put his uh, his hand up for a game next week against Catalan now. So. Nobody let us down in that match. Everybody played well, and you know you can you only know, play against who you're playing against. I know some people have scoffed and said, "Oh, it's only witness," but I mean, witness are that bad. They've got some decent players there, and to, to, I didn't expect us to win 68 points to four. That's a record result against witness. We've never beaten by that many before, so it was a good display. But we've got to take that into our next game now and use that as a bit of a springboard. I think. Yeah, Paulie Paulie impressed me. Parker obviously didn't play in the last 
last game, Richard Marshall's brought him back in and he he made some really powerful runs. Uh, I think he set up a try for Callum Watkins as well. So, you know, I think that's the kind of thing that Richard Marshall wanted. He wanted a reaction from the players who have, you know, had a spell out of the, of the team, wanted them to come back in and show them what they had. Yeah, very much. I think like Paul said, I think um, our forwards kind of probably overwhelmed them a little bit in the, you know, in the long run. Uh, I thought Armand Rod was magnificent. I thought every time he touched the ball, they, they couldn't handle him. But not just that, the work he did off the ball, he's defending, he was, he was involved in everything. Uh, and like say, Paulie Partlett, he needs he needs a bit of confidence. If he was dropped the week before, he just needs to you know to, to get himself back into the swing of things. And he he was he was dangerous. They didn't want to. They didn't. Every time the ball went to the right, you saw the players facing him more or less just drop and go, oh, not again. Um, and I've got to mention Big Seb Ikehifo. I thought I thought he worked tirelessly through the game, made lots of big meters. Um, he don't always get get the plaudits. I don't think he's a, he's a very very good good player, strong and you know tough to tackle. And I think them three really dominated and set a platform for us. The likes of Andy Akers, who who's a you know a cracking player, played off the back of yeah, it was it was good. I just want to go back to what Paul said though. I, I agree. I thought I thought the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought we were a little bit sloppy and, and certainly defensively. Full credit to witness, you know, not not knocking them, but. I was a little bit worried early on. I thought we didn't seem to have learned the lessons of previous weeks defensively. But then all of a sudden the play of the ball just seemed to speed up and that's where we had witness. They couldn't they just couldn't keep up. And like obviously that comes off, you know, the, the big men making for uh, making the, these big runs, their players not being able to get back on the feet quick enough back in the defensive line. You get a roll on and when you've got men that big, they're hard to stop. So yeah, I think the first ten or fifteen minutes we were a little bit maybe just not ready. We still you know, it's an early kickoff, and the lads might not have been in the right frame of mind at that point, which you know isn't an excuse, but it, it, it could have been. But once we got a roll on, and these big men got stuck in, you know, we really took off. And again, like Paul said, that last what 10, 15 minutes, the amount of tries we ran in, I know they'd be tired, and I'm not. Again, I'm not having to go uh, witness, but to keep going, to keep that attitude up, was you know credit to the lads. Yeah, I think attitude is is a thing, Parky, because you know we've been involved in in giant killings before. Both for and again against, and I didn't see, I didn't feel like there was one on, on against witness because the players were totally focused on on the job at hand, and and yeah, I was I was impressed that you know then that second half part where the the intensity was there and Andy Akers came on and, and everything just sped up that extra extra yard which caused witness problems, and it was great to see, and I'm sure. Richard Marshall will be looking at that, thinking, "Yeah, next step is is Catalan and Super League next week. Go up another level, and uh, we'll see where we go from there." Yeah, in in a way, it was a bit. I don't know. I'll say I felt sorry for Witness because we've been on the wrong end of big scores against Witness. When I first started watching Solver, Witness were like the the world champions in a great side, and they whooped us a few times. So I didn't feel sorry for them, but. Um, it, it was a funny one. They've got a lot of young players there, and I think they've they've had to do a lot of rebuilding, haven't they? Financial troubles and things like that. And I think they're just sort of getting things right. And I never th- thought there was going to be a giant killing on on the cards. Really, I thought we had far too much pace and, and power for them. Really, and that's what the the game's about. They've got some wily players, haven't they? Matty Smith, who who tried hard, didn't he, on the day? But probably uh, tough, going to be tough for Witness, I think, this season and that that championship. But as far as we were concerned, it was just a perfect performance. Really, it was intense for the whole eighty minutes. Well, apart from that. First First ten or fifteen, as Parky said, I thought we were a bit off the pace earlier there. But once we got into the swing of things, we, we kept it going then until the, the final hooter. Um, not so sure about Christian Inu at the end there. What was he? What was he doing with that goal kick at the end, which I thought had gone over, but it didn't. So uh, yeah, it'd have been nice to get seventy points. But no, a good positive result. And um, you know, Richard Marshall's first game at the AJ Bell Stadium as well. So that was good to to get that win and uh, obviously progress through to the quarterfinals. He's last eight now of the cup, so it's exciting times. Yeah, I spoke to Richard Marshall after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Right, Rick, it's Rob. Hi, Rob. Good win today. Boost to the next round. Talk us through it. Yeah, we enjoyed that. We, we enjoyed the second half more than the first half. Uh, we, we, we we spoke in the week about just being us and, and being what uh, what we need to be, never mind who who the opposition was and I thought we carried that through. First half, we had a couple of moments where we didn't quite nail the plan. Second half, we absolutely nailed it, and uh, and we got the res- we got the result that, that, that we deserved. Uh, I thought we deserved to win the game. Uh, Witness didn't have their strongest team out as well. They had a couple of uh, people playing out of position, 
Shane Grady and Steve Tyra. I've coached them two young boys and uh, I've never coached Shane Grady at front row and I've never seen Steve Tyra in the back row. Um, so, so you know, credit to Widness for for coming up and uh, and doing a real good, making a real good fist of it. Yeah, two tries from Matt Costello and two from Morgan Escalé. Impressed today. Are they in contention for next week? Well, you'd like to think so. Um, we'll we'll review the the, the performance. Um, as long as players, you know, they've been sat on the sidelines for a couple of weeks, but they've been in and around the team. Um, we'll review the, the 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 game as we always do, whether we win or lose, and. And we'll um, and we'll make our pick our team in the week, but they, let's be honest, they've not done themselves any disservice there. Yeah, were you impressed with the game management and the intensity in that second half? Yeah, the speed was really good. I thought we played the game real well, and we're hundred meter sets, kick off, and we'll get. It's difficult to when you've conceded to save stuff behind the sticks that Witness will have been saying, and then a couple of minutes later you're back in the same position. I've been on the on the receiving, and it's not nice. Um, but we we had to perform well today. It, it was a non-negotiable that we performed well today, and as a result, we got a, a, a really good win. Yeah, Paulie Paulie returned. It was impressive. Was that the kind of reaction you were looking for for the players coming in? Yeah, you do. That's what you want. You want a reaction. You want to say, "Well, I'm here. I'm here, Rich. Pick me." Uh, they all, they all, they all, they all put the hands up for that. Um, you know, our, our front line, so to speak, we brought brought off pretty early on in the game. And, uh, and give opportunities to other players. Is the, the, the season will be a long season, and uh, we, you know we've got a 29, 28 man squad, and everyone will get a run at some point. Ollie Roberts came on as well. Um, Ivy Levet had to go on as well at half back, and we reshuffled things around. But but the the, the same the, the end product was still was still the same. Yeah, Catalan next week's going to be tough on and off the field. That yeah, that's what it is. We've got to get there. Get the job done and hopefully um, get away in one piece. Uh, I think that's that's that, you know we're the first team to go over there. So uh, I've obviously we've been over before to Catalan, but usually you stay a couple of days and it's, it's a whole different ball game. But basically, it's just like going to Hull. Really, you know, instead of being on a coach two hours, we're on a plane for two hours. We get to the we get to the ground and um, we'll have a bit of downtime there, and there'll be there'll be some issues to to resolve but ultimately for 80 minutes we need to be at, be at our best next week cheers rick good luck so that's rich marshall talking to myself parky after the game and yeah he was happy with the result and happy with the, the progress made after the last uh, few weeks yeah i think um when i said last week about it was more or less a free hit out this week for, for us in many ways for them players to go and express themselves which which richard would, would really have wanted you know that's that's he wanted to see what these players can really do and open up and let's, you know, let's get these little little sort of processes right. And uh, obviously there was a few changes in the team as well. And it was good that obviously the, the lads that were making the debuts came in. But certainly, I mean, I thought Deck Patton played really well. Um, I think he's put a lot of pressure on Kev Brown, who for me probably hasn't started the best this season. So, he, you know, it was great sort of shot win the stuff, which, which Richard would have wanted because he wants to see these players kind of, you know, put themselves up there for him. He's got this squad now. He's got to, you know, these players are going to have to be used at some point. But he needs to know that they're, they're, you know, they're up for it and they're reliable. Also, Chris Atkin, I thought he did well when he was on the park because, you know, a few little problems. So, it's that pressure now on, on other players. And I think I think Richie would be, be, you know, be very happy with that. But it's, it's the processes that, that he wanted to get right, you know, these combinations and and getting the forwards to do what 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 they need to do to because we haven't had that much ball in the first two super league games and this was a chance for them to get their hands on the ball and let's let's have a look and see you know everything we've worked on in pre-season is it going to work you know can we make it work in a big game and you know it, it, like you say you can take the opponents out of it whoever you play but uh, yeah I'm sure he was delighted with with, with every single one of them yeah impressed me it's so impressed me Jack Armandroyd Paul you know scored a try set up the escalator try you know, big burst through the, through the middle shows what what talent he's got. Yeah, yeah, it was. There was some there was some really good performances. I thought from from the players who come in, Escaray in particular impressed me. As I said before, um, his pace and that it, it did remind me in a funny way a bit of Nile Evans the way he, he backed up. He was there on on people's shoulders. He, he's stepping and his pace looked good. He didn't get tested in defence. But he will do it, you know, going forward. That's the only thing, really. Witness didn't really test him, so we don't really know what he's like under the eye ball or what he's like defending. But going forward, I think he looks a, 
you know, it looks like the perfect number one for me, the perfect uh, fullback. As I said before, pressed by Matty Costello. I thought Chris Atkin did really well when he came on. So he's thrown his hat in the ring there to, to, to play. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Richard Marshall does this Saturday and what, what half-back partnership he goes with. Deck Patton looked pretty good when he was on. One thing with Deck Patton is he's, um, he's very vocal on the pitch. I noticed that on, on Saturday he was shouting and shouting and swearing and barking instructions out. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. You know, you want somebody on there as a leader. And, and you know, he was, without swearing, he, he was... Um, I was going to say a swear word then, but yeah. <laughs> it's just stopped myself. No, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was uh, giving instructions out, and he was he was rollicking the players. That's the word I'm looking for, and uh, you know, really giving him some you know some stick. You know, like Malcolm Alkey used to do. You know, leading them on there and geeing them up behind the post and that. And you need that sometimes. You need that that goal for and that leader. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know how he's going to play this uh, this, this Saturday at Catalan and what which hooker he's going to go with and whether he. Does he think Andy Ackers makes a better impact when he comes off the bench? We used to do that with Joey Lussick, didn't we, every now and again? Play Logan from the start. We had Logan Tompkins and then then, then bring Joey on to, to run at a tired defence. So he's he's probably found a few things out there, Richard Marsh. I think that game against Widnes has, has been good because he's been able to find things out and, and, and do a few more sort of tests, if you like. I thought I might have to get the Ryan Wilkson uh, potty mouth uh, honker horn out there for a second for you there, Paul. No, I was just trying to come up with a word, <laughs> and rollicking was the right word because the other word that rhymes with it's a swear word. <laughs> so I didn't want to say that one. So sorry, apologies. Okay. Big thanks for your three-word uh, match reports and man of the matches. Graham Jones, much better performance. Armandroid, Natalie Taylor, more like it. Armandroid, Stuart Smart, much needed win. Armandroid, Colin Reynolds needed that win. Armandroid, getting quite a lot. Man of the matches there, Parkett. Yeah, you know, uh, was it last week when you, you interviewed Richard Marshall and you were going about, obviously, the two guys, uh, Watkins and, and Sargent, mm. getting picked for England? He said there are other players in this squad that he, he's got an eye on that could go to that to that level. I, I wonder if he means the likes of Jack Ormond-Roy because mm. whatever's happened... I mean, last season, he, he certainly came on as the season went on, as did uh, Greenwood, who, who we've not, not seen yet. And, uh, you know, a couple of other players later on the season really proved the worth. He's... He he he's been really impressive in, in all the games he's played. But I mean, on on uh, on Saturday he was just a, a level above their forwards, and they they just couldn't cope with him. Um, so yeah, absolutely deserved. He was he was he was man of the match. There's no no doubt about that. Like I say, he made lots of meters going forward, but his defensive work was really good, really strong. Um, and for a big lad, I mean, he, he's a big unit. He's very tall. Uh, I remember his dad as a footballer. I think his dad was about six foot seven. Yeah. Um, playing football, you know, about 20 years ago or something. So uh, he's a big man, but he doesn't mind bending his back and getting stuck in. So, yeah, absolutely deserved man of the match. Yeah, I do remember his dad playing football. Paul was, you know, pretty decent centre forward. I think he did play for Southampton. I remember him playing for like Bradford City. I think mm. he played for Bradford. I think he played for Oldham Athletic as well. Um, I do, I do remember him, decent goal scorer and uh, down the divisions, like. And uh, no, uh, just echo what you guys said. I was impressed with Jack Armand. I liked him last season when he came in. He's got the physique and reminded me, reminded me a bit of Andy Coley on um, mm-hmm. on Saturday. You know the way Andy Coley used to to run out wide and get that that pace going because he showed a good turn of pace there when he went through. There was no slouch there, and if he can, if we can get him perhaps running out wide through the channels. You know, a bit like Big Ben Murdoch Masala did a few a few years ago. He got you know got got him running out wide. He could be that sort of guy. You know, you know, shift him out there when we we've got the ball. So he's very very powerful and um, good player. And like you said, if if he can keep progressing like that and putting in good performances this season, he can go anywhere, can't you? I mean, he, he could get picked for England. Why not? You've just got to keep him pressing. You know, Sean Wayne's been been watching the matches, hasn't he? Recently, I've seen him on the telly and that. So he's he'll be looking at, at players, won't he? Richard Martin tries at last. Escali. James Hoskinson, much needed confidence. Costello, your mate Ray Ellaby, uh, got job done. Jack Armand-Royd, David Deacon, better all round. Armand-Royd, Colin Wilson, morale boosting win. Armand-Royd, uh, Alan Dawson, destructive dominant devils. John Waite forwards won it, Wells. Adam Arbery, he played pattern at seven. Armand-Royd, pattern at seven, Parker option. Yeah, like I was just saying, I think he's put a lot of pressure on Kev Brown. I thought he was. I thought he played really well. He organised the team really well, and he, he, you know, his kicking game and everything else. He's obviously a talented player. You know, we've seen it when he was at, at Warrington, and again, probably another one that. Well, I know that a lot of Warrington fans are very disappointed to let him go. He's got he's got bags of ability, and he's he's still you know young, 
and obviously he's probably in line now. If I know he only signed a one-year deal, I think, but he would be in line to take over Kev's Kev's role next year if he if he stays on. But for me, from what he's shown on Saturday, he's took his chance. And if you have a good game one week, I don't think he should be dropped. So yeah, for me, I, I think he should play at scrum half this week. You know, I, I don't know what uh, what what Richie Marshall thinks and whether he thinks the experience over there of, of Kev Brown might might help. But yeah, I. I'd have no problem seeing Deck Patton start this week after what he did last week. Final one is Harvey Reid, way to Wembley, Armandroyd. You know, Wembley is, is only is it two or three games away. We've got the experience of getting there before uh, last year, so that's going to count in our favour in the next few uh, games. Two games away, isn't it, Rob? You've got Cass in the, in the quarterfinals, and that game's not going to be played at Weldon Road, is it? For, from what I've heard and what they've released today, it's going to be a, a doubleheader at um, our favourite ground, Ed Inley. So, yeah, why not? It'd be a good game. It'd be a tough game against Cass. You know, they they've seemed to have started the season really well, and you know had a couple of good wins in the league. But they showed in the cup against All Kingston Rovers they've got flaws, haven't they? They let thirty odd points in against OKR, so they can you can score points against them. But they've got some some good players, haven't they? You know, Nia Levels is there, and Paul McShane always impresses, doesn't he? The Truman, the halfback's pretty good, and they're, they're outside backs are good. Gareth O'Brien as well. They've got a good side there, Cass. Um, so that's going to be a good game but there's no reason why we can't progress no reason whatsoever so be exciting the, the draw for the quarterfinals has thrown out some real big ties isn't it it's going to be going to be great I think they're all televised as well so uh, really looking forward to that in a couple of weeks when Parker, when do you start to, to dream obviously we got there last year you know it was a bit of a fairy tale hopefully we'll all at least sort of 20,000 of us will be able to get into the to Wembley Stadium this time hopefully if Corona keeps low um, when do we start to, to dream again? Well, up till last year, I was dreaming for 40-odd years. So, uh, <laughs> I dreamed from the start of the Cup. It's, it's the one thing I, I really, I really, really want. Most Salford fans do. When we last year, you know, went down and obviously we didn't get in the stadium. But to, to just see our team going in, you know, we we, we saw the coaches going in the ground, the players and that, that emotion of, the, you know, we're at Wembley. But I think, I think, a lot depends on on who you get as well. I mean, obviously, Cassie he's going to be mega tough, especially Eddingley, a team we don't beat very often in the cup at a ground we don't win at very often. Not not ideal, but uh, no, I know we'll talk about that later. Like last year, I think I think when we beat beat Catalan last year, I had a feeling that that golden point. Well, Sarge scored that try, didn't he, under the post? Um, kept the ball alive in in golden point. We'd come back, we'd been out of the game, we didn't look in it in the first half. Uh, but I thought after that game last season, I thought, do you know what? This this could be our year. Um, and then obviously the semi-final again, a real scrap, terrible conditions, playing Warrington, who were clear favourites. You know, Wembley's been like their second home for the last few years. And we thought a chance had gone. And then Joey Lussett comes up with a try that will probably keep him in Salford folklore forever, I would have thought. So, yeah, I mean, for me, the, I, I dream every round and, and, and every single year. But I think if you get through the quarter, if you get through this, because this is such a tough tie, this, this, you know, there's four teams left. It doesn't matter who who you get because they're all going to be top teams. Uh, and that's, I think, that's when you, as a fan, you start thinking. As a player, I certainly hope they don't they don't think about anything but winning that game in that 80 minutes. Yeah, I think I think the thing is, Paul. Obviously, the fa- not, not having fans, I think, kind of helped us in the earlier rounds. It didn't really help us when we got to the final and crashed over. Could really have done with the fans in the stadium to lift us at that point. But I think that kind of experience of, of getting to the final, you know, the players and the coaching staff and all the, the people in the bubble sort of enjoying that moment and learning how to, to, to win them games only benefits us going forward. So I think that's a that's a good thing. Obviously, the fans coming back in, it, it adds that different aspect to, to, to the whole experience. And hopefully we can keep that momentum going, learn from last year and get there again. Yeah, I suppose with with, with a fan situation, it, it's fifty fifty, isn't it? Really? I mean, you, you say, yeah, we want the fans there to to lift the players and, and and get them across the line, and then when they're not there, obviously the players haven't got the pressure of the fans screaming at them. So it's a bit it's a bit of a double edged sword, really, isn't it? But but yeah, they are dreaming like Park. He says from from when the draws made, don't you? I mean, I watched the draw on Saturday. Was it Saturday tea time during the the middle of the Catalans and uh, Wakefield game? And they were doing it on BBC out of that bag, and, and your hands are sweating watching them do it, you know, panicking, <laughs> waiting for Salford to come out. Cause I thought, 
there was one stage where, where Huddersfield had me drawn out, and I, I said to my wife, I went, can I get Huddersfield? Can I draw Huddersfield out here and you know be Watson against Marshall and all that, which would have been good. But uh, but no, it had to be Castleford again. How many times have we drawn them in the cup over the years? And it's always away from home. I think we've, we've played them away from home. Obviously, this one's not, but it's always the them that get drawn out first. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's an amazing competition, the Challenge Cup. And, you know, whatever happens with Wembley, let's hope people can go if, if we are to get there. But there's an awful lot of work to be done yet, Robbie. You know, the quarterfinals is going to be a tough one. And then looking at the semi-finals, you're going to have to play another big side in the semi-finals with, with the way the draw's going anyway. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's, let's beat Cass first and uh, concentrate on them. Yep. Yeah. Um, what we'll do now, after talking about the the victory against Widnes, we'll look at all the, the news coming out of Salford Devils this week. So, like we said, we've got uh, Castle Tigers in the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup. It's on Saturday the 8th of May. It's on BBC Two Parker. 5pm kickoff. That's good. Um, obviously gives us a bit of exposure uh, to the people outside our rugby league bubble and, and hopefully entice them in. Yeah, I'm glad it's on, uh, I'm glad it's on BBC because it just gives everybody a chance to watch it. And obviously with the pubs being back open now, people can go out on the, you know, the normal Saturday night or whatever they're going to do. You know, and th- those pubs that will be you know, open and have out, outdoor seating. A lot of them do have TVs and stuff like that. So people can actually just, you know, watch it anyway. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's just shame it's at Eddingley. I think that's a bit of a downer, considering there's only three Yorkshire teams in the draw and and they're playing all the games over in Yorkshire. I found that a little bit odd. But uh, anyway, that's that's up to the RFL, I suppose. But yeah, it's good that it's on the, it's on the Beeb. Everyone can watch it. And not on Sky, where, you know, a number of people, st- you know, don't have don't have satellite television or whatever. So... Yeah, no, great, and uh, a time to, to to really look forward to. Maybe it's our time for a bit of you know, bit of revenge on them. Yeah, I think that's the the important thing, obviously, with the Challenge Cup, Paul. It's all about sort of building a profile opportunity for people who who aren't sort of involved in rugby league to to be able to watch. I suppose, especially with the, I think this week as well, through the press of uh, the the passing of uh, Prince Philip, it was all Prince Philip for like a day and a half, but then the first first game. First thing back was the, the was it the Saints game on the Saturday. So I think that that kind of thing it's the, it's the exposure because people obviously want to want to engage, don't they? Want to watch it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's good when it's on the BBC. I think that the coverage is is very good. There's some some really good commentators on the BBC as well, and you know, I I always enjoy their their coverage. I think you know Chappers in the studio does a good job, and the guys commentating are always pretty good. It's good to to watch. So uh, I enjoyed the games I saw on. Um, I caught a bit of this. Was it which game did I see? You know, oh sorry, a bit of the Saints and Leeds game, and then I watched the the Wakefield Catalans game. I enjoyed that. I was impressed with Catalan. I thought they played really well again. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's on the BBC and uh, looking forward to watching all the ties. I believe are on the telly. So, with a bit of luck, I'll get to uh, to watch them all. Yeah. Well, look, look. Obviously, we talked last week, didn't we, Parker, about uh, community clubs and and supporting them and how the club, how the, the you know the rugby club are trying to sort of engage with the the local teams and uh, this week we've we've got kind of a list of the the local sides and and what they're sort of trying to attract uh, sort of the new generation through um you know with with the kids wanting to get back in action after lockdown i think it's an opportunity for these clubs to 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 hopefully get some uh, new players in yeah I, you know the, everybody wants to be outside at the moment don't they and summer's coming so so hopefully the the, the amateur clubs are going to benefit from from people who are looking for things to do to get back into you know yeah, even just to keep fit. I mean, you forget not just adults. Obviously, all the kids have struggled over twelve months to get to get their, you know, what the, the government would sort of guidelines would say is the, the right amount of exercise for them. Um, so yeah, no, hopefully this the, the there could be a you know an upside for for amateur clubs out of this this COVID pandemic that that people need to get out and get get exercising again. And you know, you can invite them down even if they just come down training and, and maybe aren't totally into the into the sport yet or whatever and it's a way of just getting people involved in the club because um, one thing that is forgotten about especially at, at amateur level is the amount of work that has to go in behind the scenes you know unpaid and, and everything else and you know a kid could go down training and, the, and their parent goes with them and then thinks oh you know what I'll give them an hand on, on Saturday you know carrying the bucket or something like that it's just just little things and um, yeah it'd be good for, to, to get everybody back training and hopefully you know more and more can turn up certainly at the uh, the lesser clubs as well the smaller amateur clubs who are really struggling and then hopefully get a bit of money in you know via the subs and everything else and uh, yeah let's let's get the uh, rugby league thriving again in the city yeah um, i got the information off twitter so 
I'm hoping it's all correct. If it's not, and if you're part of these clubs, feel free to contact us and we'll give you, we'll, we'll do the correct out shout out next week. We'll start with the language the Reds. They're looking for players age three, four, and five. And you can contact them on language the Reds on Facebook and on the Twitter. If you've got a child of three, four, and five who, who you want to get into the game, Paul, it's uh, they start them young these days, don't they? I was going to say, yeah, three, four, and five. It's, that's young, that, isn't it? Yeah. But, but yeah, why not, mate? Why not? I mean, you know, rugby league became a big part of my life when I was pretty young. I think it was about five when I started going watching Salford. So I never really played rugby league until I was a bit older. But, uh, but yeah, if you can if you can start playing now when you're young like that, why not? If you've got the talent, and plus it keeps you fit, doesn't it? And, um, you know, gets you playing with other kids and, and getting involved. And I'm, I'm sure they'll, en- they'll enjoy that, the little insult. They like running around, don't they? And bashing into people and all that. So, some of them anyway, don't they? So, so yeah, get them in while they're young and that's when they'll enjoy it. And uh, obviously it's good to, to get families involved and the parents involved as well. And you know, good luck to them. Sounds, sounds great. Yeah, Salford City Roosters are looking for under eights. Trainings on Thursday, 6pm. Moat Hall, Halls with Road Eccles, M37 LS, your old amateur side, Paul. Yeah, a lot of work going on there at the moment on the new clubhouse and everything else. Um, uh, I that's Yeah, that's where I played in my sort of formative years, if you like. Great club, great. Always, you know, always a pleasure to go back and, and, and try and see people or whatever. But yeah, you start them young, you know, they get hooked. You really do. And I know a lot of parents are obviously a little bit, uh, or, you know, they're a bit younger or whatever. Obviously, it's not not like that. It's not full contact. It's not physical. But it gets them them out and about. And uh, once they get a love of the game, as we all know, once you you fall in love with rugby league, it's something that's just going to stick with you forever. I've got mates now who who probably don't go as as much as they'd like anymore. But it's the first thing they talk about when you get get to see them. It's, It's rugby league and... You know, if it's on the box, they're obviously watching it. So yeah, get people hooked early and uh, yeah, try and get down to these, get, get down to the clubs. Yeah, uh, Chairman Bob's kind of said Rhinos looking for under tens training on Sundays and Wednesdays. Lord Street, Caddy Z, M forty four five EH. Paul, great club, Caddy Z. Paul. Yeah, they certainly are. Rob, they've done a lot of work there, haven't they? The last few years with the, with the clubhouse and things like that. And we mentioned it the other week about the. You know the open age sides coming back soon, which we're looking forward to. But I just echo what Parky said there. If you, if you do get involved with rugby league from an early age, I think it's different to an awful lot of other sports. Rugby league is it? You know, it's, it's an old cliche. It's it's like a, a family, but I think it is. Sometimes it it gets you hooked, and you know, you become a real sort of loyal person to the to the sport, and you know. That's that's when to get to get kids in, and that's when you're gonna uh, gonna get them hooked and, and, and enjoying it when they, when they're young like that. So, uh, you know, we, we we need to to support these local amateur sides. You know, Caddy's had to do a great job there. We've had some good players come through there as well, haven't we, over the last few years? So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it when the the, the open age lads get play, back playing again. But obviously, the the kids as well. It was great to see him out this weekend. There was a big, massive playing field near my house where I live, and all the kids were out there playing football and God knows what else on the weekend. And it's, it's something that you've not seen for ages, you know, with people, you know, doing outdoor sports and that. So it's great to see him back. People talk about um, Kevin Keegan and um, Toshak being um, psychologically connected. Paul, next one I've got, I've got is uh, Berry Broncos. You mentioned the Open Age Group. They train on Thursdays and Tuesdays at Phillips High. Under four teams on Tuesday and Friday, six thirty. The Masters are at six thirty on a Wednesday as well. So Berry Broncos, another another good club going in the right direction. Paul, yeah, they certainly are, certainly, are. and I think that's that's a good thing that. That Salford as a club, we've got a bit of a reach there, haven't we? Of, of reaching out to Berry Broncos, and I know Caddy's is probably just about in the city, isn't it? But it's on the on the way out. But we also, you know, we've been working with Rochdale Mayfield and a few other clubs as well, haven't we? And and it's good that we've got this sort of reach now. And um, you know, we are the, the sort of premier club in you know this this sort of north side of Manchester, aren't we? If, if you like, I mean, I know you've got Wigan and Saints. That, well, Wigan anyway, Greater Manchester, aren't they? But we're we're a big player in this this Greater Manchester area, and it's vital we we get in in, 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 in like tapped up with these clubs, I think, and helping them out. And you know, if players come through there, we want them to come into our system, don't we? So the more we can do in the amateur game and the grassroots game, I think the better. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Uh, final one got his South Trafford Rangers Park, yeah. uh, Holford Holford Catholic College, uh, Balmoral Road, 
postcode is WA15AHJ. Um, it's great, obviously, not in our catchment area, Trafford, but the club are trying to sort of reach into sort of the Manchester sort of pick and mix zone, aren't they? So you're hoping that you know South Trafford Raiders can be can be a big club uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean, we've got to spread out as far as we can. We know that Salford's got, unfortunately, limited numbers, you know, football being so dominant. And more so, obviously, in Manchester and Trafford. But not everybody's going to be a footballer. Not everybody's built to be a footballer. Not everybody's, you know, cut out or have the skill set for that. And maybe more suited to, to rugby league. And it, we can offer them an option to, or you know, these amateur clubs and we can make con- a, a connection there. Then, then, then brilliant. You know, that's the way we want it. You know, I've got, I've got to mention Folly Lane. By the way, I think the, the job they do with their kids and and right up to to open age or whatever, but has been has been brilliant for for a long, long time. And and you know, obviously, we were mentioning last week about you know the, anything with the ground and all that, and and Swinton being sort of a little bit forgotten in many ways. And yet we, we forget that you know as, as an amateur club, Foley Lane is he, he's massive really, and uh, you know full credit to them for what they do. So we need more more clubs and we need more players. And uh, you know, so if anybody, anybody who's listening, has got a, a lad or a daughter who, who plays, tell them to bring the friends down and have it. You know, just have a run. If you don't like, don't want to really get involved in the rugby or the contact side of it, you know, go down and train, keep yourself, you know, get yourself running about a bit, get get that fitness back, and uh, and you never know, you might be able to help out in other ways. Yeah, if anyone anyone from Folly wants to contact us and give us details regarding teams and when they train and things like that, we'll. Quite happily to to announce it on the podcast, aren't we, Paul? Yeah, yeah, certainly, mate. Certainly, it's you know spreading the word, isn't it? And uh, working together with the, the local community—that's that's the way it should be, mate. That's definitely the way it should be. You know, any sort of amateur stuff that that we get, you know, and particular, as I said before, looking forward to doing the amateur report again, covering the clubs, and if we can help them out and get messages out across there for them, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to do that, mate. Yeah, I plan to speak to Paul Trainer. He's big into the the local um, sites and and trying to link the club up uh, with them. So that'll be an exciting interview uh, in the next uh, week or so, Packer. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the plan is. Obviously, when when Richard Marshall joined, it, it, there was a lot of talk about you know trying to restructure the the club from from the bottom up, if you like, from the youth level through uh, any kind of academy or whatever. You know, we need we need one for the future. We you know especially a club like us, which is so financially stretched. Uh, the best way to get, you know, to bring players through is through your own systems. And we need them from, from amateur clubs. So we need to help them to, to help us in many ways. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what he says and see what the plan is and, and how we move forward and, and what we can do as as supporters or, or whatever else, you know, parents or, or whatever, to, to, to spread the word and to help the amateur clubs. And then, like I say, hopefully feed back into our system. And, in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years' time, these these kids that are getting introduced now could be you know in a, in the first team challenging for for honours. You just never know. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see um, what the plans are. Final bit of news, Paul. It's not it's more of a competition really. The, the news, classic sport prints have been in touch and they've given away. Um, they've gave us a free frame, which consists of Greg Johnson's million pound miracle try. I talked about it previously, haven't we? Um, on the on previous podcasts, but I decided we're gonna we're gonna give one away next week. So all you got to do if you're listening to this is is follow the link on our Facebook and and Twitter. Register your your name. On, on the link and we'll announce the winner next week so that'll be exciting Paul how we announce the winner watch pulling a name out of an hat or something yeah we'll, we'll have an imaginary hat and then well, we'll, you don't we'll draw a winner and I'll, I'll send the free print to whoever wins did you know you can get like an app now where you can like like a number generator app and a, they had one at work one of the gaffers phoned me at work a few weeks ago because I'm shop steward they were, they were pulling names out for, for volunteers you know to work at Easter so um, I had to sort of adjudicate it, and they phoned me up, and they got me on this this computer screen, like Microsoft Teams, whatever. And they had this like wheel. It was like the wheel of fortune. <laughs> it had everybody's names round the outside, and they set it spinning. Then it spun round and round and round, and then it slowed down, and then it stopped on someone's name. He's like, right, he's working Good Friday, so he could do something <laughs> like that, put everybody's name into it, and it's just an idea, a bit of fun. <laughs> it's like it's like the anti it's like the anti wheel of fortune. You don't want your name to be picked out in no. that situation, Packer. Yeah, no, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think, 
Shirley Bradshaw has used it, I think, something for the uh, something she's done for, for one of the fundraisers. I think she's used it. I don't, I don't really know what, what it is, but I'm sure we could find it. That might be the the fairer way, as you know, people can't actually see us pick a name out. Let, let's let technology do it for us because uh, we don't want to be accused of uh, any, you know, favoritism or anything like that. Right. So I'll I'll, I'll let you two fight out between you to organise. Whether we do a wheel or whether we do the uh, the number generator, I'll let you decide who do, who does what. What we did last time was, um, do you remember when we cut, I cut all them pieces of paper <laughs> out and I put them in a little Tupperware tub and we went to Leeds, didn't we? It was yeah. it Edinburgh, weren't we? When we won at Leeds and you pulled one out of the hat, didn't you? After the I did. Did. So, yeah, that technology's moved on since then, though, mate. <laughs> I probably need, due to a COVID restriction, probably need like a letter picker now, like one of them big letter pickers to, to get it out of the, the tub now, Parker. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah, never thought of that. Yeah, just a, a nice pair of silk gloves that might suit. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I said, I'll put the link up this week a few times. Put your name on the on the link, uh, and we'll announce the winner next week. Uh, so that's all the big news this week. Uh, and what we'll do, we'll look forward to the Catalan game on Saturday. It's time for the double of the So, Salford Devils travel to France Parquet. Catalan Dragons will be a tough team to face. Very much so. Um, it's always tough going over there anyway, but they're in some form at the moment, aren't they? They look really, really good against Wakefield at the weekend in the Cup, and they've been going well in the league. They've got some, some real big lads up front and a lot of talent out the back, and, and Sam Tompkins is playing some of the best rugby I've, I've seen from him for a well, for quite a while, uh, he seems to just be concentrating a little bit more on his rugby and less of refereeing, um, which is uh, he's, he's well known for. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be a very, very tough test. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how, what what the conditions will be like or anything like that. I'm sure it's a little bit better than it has been here in, in many ways. But it's uh, yeah, big, big test for us, big test. But this this is Super League, you know. If you want to be in it, you've got to play everyone home and away, and sadly, some of them two or three times. But um, it's a massive challenge. They look really strong, Catalan, this year. They're going well. I do expect at some point for it to fall apart from because it generally does. Uh, so hopefully it can be this weekend. But um, it's a tough ask. I know I think we're going flying in and out, aren't we, on the day? Again, it's just, it just changes everything about how you prepare for a game and get yourself in the right headspace. And I, It's a tough challenge. Let's, let's not you know try and kid ourselves. And we... So we just get in and out and unscathed. We've got, you know, I think we've got Lee the week after, which is another massive game for us in many ways. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big test. They're a good team. Um, up against uh, big Gil Dudson, you know, big favourite of mine while he was with us. So it'll be, uh, be interesting to see him again. But uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough, and we've got to match him, especially in the pack. Don't let him dominate, and then and then see what we can do out wide. Because if it is, you know, nice dry conditions, it, it, it might suit our backline. Yeah, the uh, COVID rates in France, Paul, are are on the way up. Rich Master wasn't concerned, though. He, he was, um, you know, happy to go, and he and he and he obviously knew that that it's an in and out job. So he's uh, he's happy for him and his players to go and play because obviously uh, there has been issues with I think it was London to lose last week, but there's nothing going on here. No, well, they're not going over there for a jolly up, are they? They're not going to stay in an hotel or anything or mixing and going in bars and whatever. They're just going over there to get a job done, aren't they? So they're not going to be mixing with thousands of people and shaking hands and hugging people, are they? So I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll be all right. And, yeah, sometimes it, it's best if you're in and out, aren't you, like that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether that would suit the players or not just going there for the day and getting done. Obviously, it'll be a, a tiring journey, won't it? You know, Even though the flight's not that long, you're still doing a bit of travelling, aren't you, and what have you, but... I'm sure they'll be fired up for it. It's always a good trip going over there. It's a shame supporters can't go this season because it's the one everybody looks forward to. But it's a big game for us, this. And as Parky said there, they've, they're in good form, Catalans. And I think, you know, they're always a decent side, aren't they? They're always a decent home side. But for me, a lot of the time, Catalans, they can be a bit flamboyant and sometimes the discipline lets them down. And they, they play a bit like sort of a, a New Zealand sort of way. You don't have loads of offloads, but lack that discipline sometimes. But this season, for me, when I've watched them, they seem to have got that discipline right. They've got the defence right. I mean, they, they played really well against Wakefield. I mean, beating them 26-6, I thought the defence was excellent in that game. So they seem to be doing the little things right as well now. And if they want to do anything in Super League, they're going to have to, to work on that as well, which, which Steve McNamara seems to have done. So, 
Yeah, and, and the halfbacks look good. James Maloney and Josh Drinkwater and that big back of, pack of forwards there. I mean, the Sam Cassiano, as he called, and, and Battieri off the bench, and Bousquet, they've got some huge units. Gil Dudson as well. Um, and I'm always impressed with Matty Whitley as well, who used to play at Witness. I think he's a tremendous player in the back row. And um, they've, they've got some real talent there. They've got a real balanced squad. Good pace out wide, good power out wide as well. And then Tam, Sam Tompkins as well off the back of that. So they're going to be a real tough side to beat. Yeah, I think it'd be an interesting game, Parky. I think Catalan Dragons in April is a different kettle of fish to Catalan in July. But we, we've got good players as well. Um, I think the open spaces of uh, of Catalan will suit our our game plan. Yeah, hopefully. Just just to agree with Paul there about Matt Whitley, a player I really rate, really, really rate. I think he's I think he's massively underrated, um, and he always seems to come up with a try for a forward. That's you know quite unusual, but he's a he's he's a real dangerous player. And he, he seems to hang about out wide and, and pick up plenty of tries. Strangely, but uh, yeah, we have we have got a good team. You know. We, We've not started well, um, and it's kind of I don't know whether it's diluting my you know my thoughts on the team and you know whatever else, but there's lots of players in our squad with plenty of ability. Um, we we can match. We just we need to get our forwards on top. That's the main thing. If we can, with it, the one thing we haven't done in the in the first two games in the league is make meters. Mm. But if you're playing out your own half and having to kick from your own you know twenty thirty whatever, you're on the back foot. Constantly, you don't want to keep defending. That's when you get tired. You know, it drains the engine, um, and uh, you've got nothing left when you do get the ball. We need to, we need to start strong, get the forwards on top if we can, um, and then you know, get into their half and spread the ball because we, like last year, well, like last few years, we're dangerous when we're getting people the other half and we start throwing the ball about. We're a good team, um, so the kicking game's going to have to be good as well to get to, to, to pin them back. Um, and then, like I say, just try and dominate in the forwards. If we can do that, then we've got a great chance. Yeah, game management, discipline, I think, as well, Paul. It's, we, we've had a few last sort of first two games where we, we've tried to sort of build a bit of pressure, but then we give a silly penalty away, which then gives them metres, and we aren't able to, to deal with that. So you're hoping, obviously, after the witness game, you know, we, we've got that first win under our belts, even though it wasn't in the Super League. Uh, players might not be as edgy uh, going forward. Yeah, your discipline's got to be good in France because, you know, Catalans notoriously get a decent penalty count there, don't they, in uh, in, in Perpignan at the Stag Gilbert Brutus. Um, I remember listening to an interview with, uh, I think it was Brian McDermott that was moaning about that a few years ago. But, you know, as much as it's a bit of a moan, that it's probably true. They, they, they do. They, but there obviously there'll be no crowd there to, to get behind them this week, will there? But you can just see that, can't you? If your discipline's not spot on. And, you know, that, that hooter keeps going for that six to go with that mm. pack of forwards trampling all over you there. It, it could be a, a case of them getting a, a real, you know, head of steam there. So we, we need to be to be right on that and not give silly penalties away. Like the Ryan Lannan one the other week, it, you know, the Simbini, that, that was that was silly. So, you know, we've got, to, we've got to be switched on there. We've got to be disciplined. And there's no reason why we can't give Catalans a good game. There's no reason why we can't get a result there. You know, we've got players in there that can cause problems. We've got some good forwards. You know, we've got a, a cracking set of outside backs. I mean, I know we've got a couple of injuries with Dan Sargeson being out and obviously Elijah Taylor. I don't know whether he's going to be in the squad. We'll, we'll see Richard Marshall's squad soon, won't we, and see what happens there. But we've got players that can cause problems and I, I'm confident we can go to Catalan and get a result. Score prediction, Parker? Uh, I got told off, didn't I, the other week for, uh, for being negative. So mm. uh, I'll try and stay positive. Yeah. Um, if... If we can get on top and if we can can dominate a little bit, uh, I'll say Catalans 14, Salford 18. 18, 14, is there a story behind that? Uh, no, no, it's just come off the top of my head. Um, right. Quite, you know, I think, I think we'd be, uh, I don't want to be negative, but I think we'd be fortunate to come away with a win from there, but you never know, it's still early season, so... Let's just, just, just you know, hope and pray. Been, we've been to France before and won. There's no reason we can't do it again. Paul, what's your score prediction? Do you want a weather prediction as well? Yeah, give us a weather prediction first. Saying that, I you want to go to France, are you? No, no, I can't. Just checking. I'm working. I'd, I'd, I would if I could, mate. But no, no, I'm not, I'm not allowed anyway. I'm not allowed to travel and all that. But no, no I've got to work Saturday. Uh, hopefully, a bit of the game the week after, we'll see. 
the weather is 16 degrees on oh. on Saturday in, uh, in in France, so it's not not too warm, but yeah. looks looks nice and sunny. And you know, it's not like you said before. I think sometimes when you go there in July, you can be a bit overawed by the weather, can't you? It's like 30 odd degrees at pitch side, so that should hopefully play in our favour. My score prediction: I'm I'm black parking, I'm going for a close one. Uh, I've gone Catalan 20, Salford 24. 2024. 20, uh, do you have a, s- a story behind that? Yeah, I'm going to say Catalans are winning 20 points to 18 with a couple of minutes to go, and um, Jack Armour is going to get a nice flat pass and go reverse pass and go under the sticks, and we're going to win 24 20. 24 20. I'm going to go uh, Salford with a blowout scoreline. I'm going to go Catalan 18, Salford 44. Whoa. And um, <laughs> I'm going to go Morgan Escalay at trick. Well, well, do you that, Parker? I would love you to be correct, um, <laughs> but if you, you know, I, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to have a look at what the bookmakers think uh, most weeks. Uh, I haven't looked yet this week, but I, I probably wouldn't think that any single one of them would have us as a as a favourite on the game, and certainly would probably uh, handicap it that we'd have a. A, a reasonable start, probably ten to fourteen points. Um, so, you, you, yeah, no, I like your optimism. Uh, obviously, there's a, there's a story behind your optimism, um, but uh, yeah, no, fair play. You know, if you do get on a roll, anything can happen in Super League. We've seen it the way the rules are now. You know, you just keep getting a set of six. Their discipline's not right. We we could get a roll on a couple of quick tries. Who knows? But. Uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be surprised, but ha- you know, happily surprised if that was the scoreline. Your ass, that's man there, Paul. Did I remember? I think did we, last time we won in Catalan, we had a bit of a blowout scoreline. Forty-six nil. Well, two thousand nineteen, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, lucky to be at that game, and it was absolutely breathtaking. <laughs> I was, I was with my dad, and we were just sat there at time thinking, what's going on. And it was pretty close that game, as I remember, in the first half. I think we got a breakaway try before the break mm-hmm. and um, then just absolutely battered him in the second half. I think Jake Bibby was absolutely on fire that night. Yeah, 46-0, that was 2019. And, and who would have thought that? But there was, there, was, there was games that season where I think we went to Hull and put 50 points on them. And it was... Um, there were some amazing scores, weren't there, that season that really probably wrecked a lot of bookmakers... Uh, Sort of evenings. We've got a twelve-point start, by the way, on uh, on Saturday mm. on the coupon. So, yeah, so yeah, but, but you never know, dude. I mean, it, it, sometimes in the modern game, how many times have we mentioned this and spoke about this? Like, once you do get that roll on this pack, he says you, you can, you, you can, you can sort of steamroller a team. Bit of bad discipline. So, you know, there's, there's been some funny scores, aren't there? Sometimes, particularly where Catalan involved. That's the point I was trying to make before with Catalan Dragons. They, they're not always the most. They're not like a Wigan. Or a St. Helens who are dead disciplined, don't give things away. They tend to be a bit more flamboyant, don't they, and do some daft things. But sometimes they can blow hot and cold, can't they? And I think that's that's what Steve McNamara is trying to build there now. I think he's trying to get them a more disciplined side so they can start challenging for honours because they've got the talent. It's just, mm. you know, sometimes they just seem to, to, to not have that sort of... I compare them to Warrington sometimes. I think they're a bit like that. They seem to have a bit of a soft underbelly where... They're not as ruthless as other teams. St. Ellen's don't give anything away. Wigan tend to be a bit like that. Don't give anything away. Warrington, we've done it loads of times. Haven't we? You can turn them over and beat them. But how many times have we been in stuff St. Ellen's on their own ground like we've done to Warrington? We haven't because they're not as soft for me sometimes. And I think Catalan have got that about them. So you've always got a chance against Catalan to, to turn them over. Yep. So that's why I'm going for that big scoreline. Blow that scoreline. It's happened before. It'll happen again. Uh, another great show, Parker. Great uh, talking all things Sulphur Red Devils. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to this weekend. Uh, I know it's on Sky, so we can all, uh, you know, it's not as if we're all in, in the dark with it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, fingers crossed, you know, we can be uh, discussing a famous win. Yeah, another great show. Uh, Paul, let you get on now with your match preview. Oh, I need to finish that. I need to. I need to have a nice, easy day on a Saturday. It works. I need to be home because it's a four forty-five kickoff, in it. So uh, I need a nice, quiet day on Saturday so I can get home on time. Is it not six? I don't know. It said four forty-five on Sky. It might. It might. It's, it's, sometimes it's French time. That, isn't it? I'm uh, pretty well, sure. Well, yeah. Check local Sky listings anyway. and check the club. Yeah, Sky I can tape it or whatever. Yep, yeah, so big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud 
iTunes, Radio Contacts and Spotify. See you next week.